Hello, and welcome to episode six of the On an Adventure podcast, the show where I interview magic content creators from around the community to learn how magic has impacted their lives. Today, I'm talking with Dan from Moderately Anonymous MTG. Dan is a CDH content creator, YouTuber, and just generally super awesome person in the community. Dan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing super fine. Uh, it's been uh, sort of a long day at work, but I'm really excited to talk with you tonight. We got a lot of good times ahead of us, I'm sure, uh, talking some shit about magic. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot to ask you if I could swear, but I was oh, probably shit talking swear. and magic talking, so I'm excited to hang. Okay, great. Absolutely. Absolutely shit talking about anything is, is all good. Where do you work? Uh, I am a, uh, I'm a work from Homer. I am a professional video editor. So I work mostly, uh, for people who are also in the, uh, the YouTube content game and I, uh, produce, uh, EDH videos for YouTube pretty much. Nice. How long have you been, uh, how long have you been like video producing and making videos and stuff? I have never done it at all before I started doing it professionally for myself a couple of years ago. This is like the first year that I've ever done it professionally for other people. So I'm super, super new to the game. Um, I had like, I'd never really messed with video editing uh, content uh, in my life at all before the pandemic started, but I started streaming on Twitch and I was like, well, I should put this up on YouTube because people watch YouTube. So uh, yeah. yeah, I learned how to video edit it and here I am now. That's awesome. Where, like, where did you learn? Did you like take classes on how to video edit or did you just like teach yourself over quarantine as while stuck at home? No, just full on like trial and error and a lot of YouTube university uh, mm -hmm. stuff. If I couldn't figure out what it was on my own, I would like, you know, look it up on YouTube and try to find there's lots of uh, people who have like devoted a bunch of time to making content uh, for like how to use the free video editing software. So if you're out there and you're thinking about making YouTube content for yourself, it's a lot easier than you think. Any dope can do it like me. I'm like, I'm so computer illiterate, um, <laughs> but I have been able to like figure things out or learn things on my own for the most part and just sort of like slowly level up my game over time. It's been emphasis on the heavy trial and error, though. There's been lots and lots of error. I've. I've messed a lot of shit up before. I mean, don't we all when just learning a new hobby or a new, new skill? Yes, truly. <laughs> magic is the ultimate teacher. Like, how many times have you failed at magic? I know. That's what I was just thinking is that, like, it is truly the perfect <laughs> metaphor because just, like, the only thing you do is eat shit pretty much. And especially because, like, I'm primarily an EDH player. So, like, you eat shit 75% of the time. My whole life is eating shit and then picking up the pieces and learning from it, I guess. <laughs> When did you learn to play Magic? I learned to play Magic around 2014. I was living with a bunch of crust punks. Mm -hmm. I was a real big fan of playing Bridge. That's what I did a lot in college. I drink beer and play Bridge with my friends, but none of these <laughs> crust punks knew how to play Bridge because it's an old person's game, I'm told. Um, but they only knew how to play Magic, and I was like, card games is card games, so let's go. And they taught me how to play Magic, and I, I built uh, a Kiln Fiend... Um, Delver of Secrets deck out of a box of chaff that my friend have had and uh, used to play that a lot against my friend's vampire deck. That was the first Games of Magic that I ever played. That's awesome. I I also started in 2014, uh, just like seeing some friends at a summer camp. I was just like, hey, this game looks fun. Why don't I just, and I just joined, bought a deck that was a cool toolkit and just started jamming games with them. How quickly did you start like buying product because i think it took me a long time i remember like going to the comic book store and being like whoa this rare costs a dollar i don't want it <laughs> um i bought like i would like buy booster packs a lot at like the grocery store or whatever um booster packs are fun booster packs fun booster packs <sighs> one hell of a drug booster packs were <laughs> <laughs> i know i had to stop <laughs> yep i opened because i started like around concentric here i think i opened six fetch lands and we're like what is a, what are these cards this is a waste of a rare this is worthless like, that was my first pre-release and i opened up a, a wooded foothills in one of my packs and i was like this card sucks why is my friend telling me i can get another free pre-release kit by selling this to the store that doesn't make any sense this barely does anything yeah, i yeah, my brother was just like flood is strange. that's just that's just shitty evolving wilds right <laughs> my thoughts exactly <laughs> what is this worst evolving wilds doing in my pack why and why is it a rare why is lsb calling it a design mistake yeah and then someone was just like you know, but like it's a wooded foot it's an evolving wild that enters untapped and i was like i still don't get it 
I was, if you were about to say like, and then I was like, oh, I was going to say you're a fucking liar. That took me so long <laughs> to understand why that's good. Yep. Yep. No, I was, I was still like, why wouldn't I just play this like life game life? This life gains me a life and this would cost me a life. I've been playing Magic like a fairly long time now, I guess like longer than most people have been probably uh, in terms of like Magic growth. Um, not as long as a lot of people, but you know, like it, I've only started to become like really good at magic within the past couple of years. So like shit like that was so beyond me when I first started playing. Yeah. That's, I mean, same way. Like I started going to FMs pretty soon after I started playing magic. I just ate shit every week. I was just like, Oh, three, one, three, like, Oh, four, just like, just getting my ass handed to me. And I'm like, wow, I mm-hmm. sucked. <laughs> And now I still Same. Am. I started off playing modern. I watched a lot of MTG Goldfish content and uh, Seth's uh, budget magic series. I used to like. I used to try to pick up those decks. I think my first in paper deck was um, like a hundred dollars Goblin list back when like Ooh, uh, yeah. Goblin Legionnaire, whatever it was, was the shit. Yeah, um, Goblin grenades. I remember having a lot of fun pitching Goblin grenades at people. But yeah, I just go to my <laughs> local store and get stomped by people playing Tron or Jeskai Control, and it was just like, yeah, absolutely irreparable between how bad my deck was and then how bad I was as a player. Yeah, I I at least had like good decks because the first time I walked into the store, I just like had cards I owned and was about to play Standard, and three guys who were like college kids. This was like when I was like thirteen years old, and like these like three guys who were like college kids were like. Let me see your deck. And I just like pull out my deck, which is like tied together by two rubber bands, unsleeved. And they're like, oh, this is this is not you're not gonna have a good time you play this. And they just sat me down and like, here, I have Alzan Agro, Jessica Tempo, and CDC Whip. Here's how they here's what they all do. Pick one, you're gonna play tonight. Oh wow, that's awesome. I was not hanging out with those kinds of people. I was having the opposite end of that experience. Yeah, so I had good decks. I had the best deck in the format, arguably. Uh, I was still a trash magic player, so I just lost all the time. Uh, yeah, same. I can remember taking a singular match off of the Jeskai tempo player, and they were just like absolutely flabbergasted because <sighs> it had never happened before, and it took every ounce of ability and luck that I had. Yep. Yeah, I remember the first the first time I walked away with a three one. I just popped off so hard. I was so happy. And then it would take me another like four years before I actually went undefeated at FNM. I'm trying to think if if I ever like even picked up like a, a tier deck and during the time that I was playing paper stuff, I think like towards the tail end, like when I moved to Philly, uh, sort of when I stopped playing as much paper magic because that was right before the pandemic, I played a lot of standard and I think I was playing Is It Phoenix and Standard, but still I was getting my butt whooped, I remember. Yeah. Magic is hard. Magic is really yeah, hard. Yeah, it continues to be. <laughs> <laughs> I still have never entered a CDH tournament because I'm so used to getting my butt kicked in tournaments that I was just like, what's the point? I have entered a couple CDH tournaments and I've also gotten my ass handed to me. And I'm just like, this is not fun. I would just rather just hang out with my friends and watch them be good at CDH. I, the, we're, you and I both know a lot of like really talented players and it's yeah. like kind of easy to see that they're like, are these really subtle layers to how good of a magic player certain people are. And it's like, I'm probably better than the average magic player. But like, when I look around at the kinds of people I know who like top tournaments all the time, I'm like, wow, I'm fucking dog shit compared to that. It's so bad. It's like, I am just like, I'll just like have courses with like Ian or Alana. And I'm just like, wow, you are so much better of a magic player than me. And it is obvious whenever like I talk to them. Certain down against certain people. I remember like the the come up moments when I started playing a lot more CDH online and like people like talking out their plans across turns and like thinking about like different players and the different things that they had and always being so struck and being like, whoa, I'm not thinking about that shit at all. I'm totally yeah. thinking about what's in my hand. There's yep. yeah, been many, many level up moments over the years. Yeah. I got used to that. I got pretty decent at that skill in one deal magic and I'm still learning it in CDH because like translating that to four player magic is like so much harder than it is transit like from going yeah knowing like what your opponent's thinking to knowing what three of your opponents are thinking is like 
what it's is really happening? tough. I, there's a certain part of it that it's like when you play with your friends, you start to get a little bit of a mindset of like, if I'm playing with Sage of Fables, I know I need to look out for a turn two Dockside and something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are like real wild cards, though. I every time I play with uh, Josh from Elder Drunken Highlander, he is tilted <laughs> into the sun because he says that I'm the only person in the world that can read him as a player. <laughs> So yeah, I always tell Josh to watch his ass and make sure I'm not entering the the same CDH tournament as him because I will absolutely wreck him, I guess, in a competitive just, setting. Yeah, or just don't get paired against him. Just just die. It's like it's like ah yes, I have this un. It's like it's like you're like playing a one v one tournament. It's like ah, I just need to hope to dodge this one magic, and Josh is like, I just need to dodge this one player. <laughs> I think that's pretty common though in a lot of in a lot of spaces. I definitely hear the one v one players talk about that same thing too. It's just like, oh, I look around the, like the tournament building and I see this one person. I'm like, wow, I really hope I don't get matched up against them. Yep. I mean, yeah. Usually that person's just like, ah, yes, this is the pro player at this scene who's just here, and this is just like your friend Josh. Yeah, I mean, to go back to that idea of like seeing the different levels of playership of just like, oh yeah, I hope I don't get <laughs> matched up against any of these fucking titans. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unless it's in top eight, then you'd be like proud of yourself you made top eight. I made top eight a singular time in my in-store competitive career, and it's because only eight people showed up. Hey, that, that's the scoreboard. That's- yep, we sat down and we got congratulated by the store owner. He passed out the top eight prizes. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats, everybody. You're all in the top eight. <laughs> I knew it was in a tournament where nine people showed up, uh, and he was like, to make it for a person who feels in ninth not feel bad, I'm going to add some extra prizes for them. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Uh, I did not end up getting ninth. I ended up in actual top eight. Uh, so that's my sick brag, I guess. Well, that's a pretty good one. I mean, like, that is impressive. Yeah. Mine is not as impressive. I should stop telling the story. I should just show off the deck box and be like, look, I got it. Look, I got it. I have- I, I think it's the story is funny. It, it, it's I think it's funny. It's apropos of definitely my magic playing career when I did not live in a big city where there was more than eight players. That was just like every single thing was there was just only that amount of people at the store. So that's how we played. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like kind of true now at my store because um, pandemic being a thing there's like most time like eight to 12 people at most who sign up for modern or modern is the most popular format uh, but like sometimes you'll get a draft maybe two pods of draft going um but like it's not not a huge store but like just some amount of people do you still get out regularly to your local game store um i've been really busy these last few months so no but the like over the summer um, over last summer i went like basically every week to uh to my store and it was good i know there's a ton of people here in the local philly scene uh kai my buddy for an alchemist uh he goes down to one of our local spots every friday night um but i just like can never make it work in my schedule to get down to one alan from mental misplay is also always urging me that he has like a really fun time hanging out at the lgs playing some really wild uh pods he like goes around (laughs) all over uh, his local state going to different lgs's and playing some really wild magic i guess isn't that just Alan in general, just always playing wild magic? He's he's a real cowboy of a person for sure. Definitely <laughs> like playing with strangers and playing the wildest things you can imagine. That's definitely like very, very much like in his wheelhouse. Absolutely, yeah. I like going to LGS is is fun. Um, would definitely recommend it if you get the chance. But you know, life willing is a little hard because life could be busy sometimes. Yeah, I know. This is the thing is that, like, I play so much Magic professionally, and then I also work on Magic stuff professionally, so it's like, Magic is all I ever think about. Yeah. And the idea of, like, Friday night, I finally got some time off, I'm gonna head down to the LGS, it's like, oh, man, I'd really l- rather, <laughs> like, catch up on The Sopranos or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is the opposite. It's like, people at FNM are like, yes, this is my break from work or school, and this is like, wait, this is just, this is my work. It's- Yes, that was very much the experience, especially like before moving here. It was like I only got to play maybe like once a week, maybe sometimes like once a month. So like you really hope that those games are good and like everything is riding on you not like pulling a shit hand or something like that. (laughs) But like sometimes you just pull a shit hand and then you still win anyway and you get a good story out of it. 
that happens more often now, but I, I, I'm a much better player than I was back in those days. Back then, it was just dog shit hand, dog shit game. Oh, that's unfortunate. I remember a story where I once won in a mold of two um, in standard. That was like pre-London mall. I mold of two. If you ask me how I got done. Wow, two. pre-London two? Yeah, pre-London two Vancouver, standard. I guess, then? Bef- wow, that's rough. The Vancouver mulligan was, was so rough. Yeah, it sucked. I was playing a Metalwork Colossus deck in Kaladesh Standard, and like my, like it was like, it was like mediocre seven to like, like pretty bad six into just literally unkeepable five, four, and three. And I'm like, well, and I'm just looking at my two card hand, I'm like, oh, this hand is two lands. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This has happened to me in CDH as well. I have. I'm, my claim to fame in CDH now is that I've won a game on a mold of two and I've won a game on a mold of one. And I always get the question from people like, how do you end up mulling to two? And it's like, well, the three that I had, the best possible three I could have kept was Chrome Mox colored card to put under it and then like a cantrip land. or something like yeah. that. And I was like, That's a not... two, I'd rather have a land. I'd rather have something two. that doesn't get blown up by collector oops. Yep. <laughs> so I think I ended up keeping like City of Brass and maybe the a Brainstorm. Two-card hand could have just have land dockside. That's better than Chromox land hitch, or Chromox. There are so many things that are better than, yeah. I think it was even, yeah, like maybe Faithless Looting or something like truly horrendous, like an unkeepable cantrip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, (laughs) Chromox, bitch, my thing, Faithless Looting. Yes, exactly. Yeah, those are those two games. They were like also like some of the longest games I've ever played. And it was fully like to that point at the end of the game where I was like, wait a minute. This was the game where I molded two, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody confirming that I like instantly like started sweating and I was like, oh, my God, I need to win this game. Everyone throw it. Throw the game for me, please. That's that's sweet. Um, I'm trying to think like good like CDH malls. I mean, I had a series of like just absurd games recently. Like there was one game I played like Team Malcolm against. I think I was playing at Skylar. Yeah, I was playing at Skylar. And they were on Najila going second, and they keep a hand that turn one Najila plus Draneth. And I'm here I love playing. That, that makes me happy. I'm playing Malcolm, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I was just like so mad. I'm like, whatever. Turn one, Gilda Drake, your your thing, Malcolm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> It's funny that the other plan was just turn one Ristic plus Malcolm, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll have to settle for draking your your Draneth and Malcoming. Um, and then someone tried to abrade my Malcolm, and I just swatted it, killed Najila. <laughs> oh no! If the person <laughs> who's Najila deck scholar is playing, I disapprove of that. After I stole the, after I stole the Draneth, so yeah, it's pretty. Gosh, good. yeah, that hurts. I did. I didn't have losing. I was game, just getting actually. absolutely twisted inside out by a containment priest last night. It was the first time I've ever oh. played against a containment priest oh. in a game of CDH, and someone was like, "Oh, I can't cast my commander again." And I was like, "Oh my god, I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> I was Wait. only thinking of the the, uh, the Winota player not being able to." Wait, it's containment priest? Um, yeah, because Wait. containment priest says if it enters the battlefield and it wasn't cast or something like that. Well, yeah, but or, still no, I can't remember commander. how it reads. Okay, maybe, yeah, I'm thinking of something else then. I don't know. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> what, what were you uh, playing? No, Katama Priest is twisting me inside in a different way, I guess. I My brain is like a slurry of EDH games now. <laughs> I, there's no, like, singular game I can fully remember it start to finish. Oh, yeah. No, I'm thinking now that I was trying to Eldritch Evolution into a win, and I got stopped oh, by Katama yes, Priest, and that... I wanted to throw up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As someone... Who plays Ultra Evolution Neo from a birthing pod? Yeah, Katama Priest kind of would rather not see that card on the battlefield. It's one I don't think I've ever seen before. Like I said, I'm trying to think of it like another game, but like it's just such a particular kind of hate piece that like I don't know, it's something I don't run up into very often. It's I guess someone if you really hate Winota, I guess. Like that's... Well, yeah, I guess it probably depends on like the the amount of colors that you're playing and things like that. Like if you're in a lower color white deck, like Containment Priest can probably make it in there. Like it is a good card if you're like trying to bring it to a tournament setting. Winota is the kind of deck that you're looking out for. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So yeah, what, what was your first foray into CDH? Like, how'd you get started with that? I think um, I started getting into CDH right around the time. Mm, I think, I guess it was like maybe a little bit before uh, Theros Beyond came out because mm -hmm. it wasn't quite fast as Oracle time because I remember getting Flash Hulk was like my first like tier deck that I, I made and put together and had a lot of fun playing. And I got involved with it slightly before that. I don't remember what the exact spark was. I guess I must've started seeing like playing with power and yeah. uh, spike feeders content on mm -hmm. YouTube. And that sort of started tipping me off to it. And then um, there was just like this certain culture of CDH online and like tapped out is where it used to take place back then. I was talking to Scott um, uh, Scoots yesterday about the, the infamous tapped out tier list uh, oh. that used to exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly it was, it was gospel about. back then. Yeah. yeah like Zer the Enchanter, Tim Nathrasios, oh. um, maybe Eureka was tier S tier. Tassiger, I think was S tier. Um, and Kess. That was the other reason I started playing Kess yeah. because Kess was also uh, in the S tier of commanders back then. Um, so yeah, I like. I guess I just started sort of getting introduced to the online CDH culture and started like uh, testing out some different decks. And the first thing I ever put together was a Baral Chief of Compliance deck mm. um, that was very very bad because it was mostly of my own design and I hadn't started like net decking yet. And then mm. like slowly over time, I started taking bits and pieces from different things I was finding online. Until then, I was just fully like. I'm going to play Flash Hulk. I convinced my friend to pick up Najila, and then we had a third friend who picked up some other kind of Flash deck that they put together. And yeah. we were the only people in our friend group who wanted to play, so we just played <laughs> tons and tons of three tops all the time. Oh. We would, like, get together in our own little club um, and, yeah, play three tops of CDH all the time. Um, and, yeah, then, then Theros came out and started getting a little bit more serious, and then the pandemic hit, and it was just like, well all we ever do this crew of people like the three top who had then turned into more and more people. And then we like became friends with Alan and uh, his crew with the ramp gang and everything like that. Um, it, we were just jamming games of CDH all the time during the pandemic when there was like just full on lockdown. And a lot of us were like working less or not working at all. Um, and then it slowly turned into the YouTube conglomerate and the Twitch, uh, the Twitch takeover and started writing that like first, or I guess, I don't know. We're probably like the second or third wave of uh, content creators who started really getting into the CDH scene over the past few years. That's, that's sweet. Um, <laughs> it's just like the idea of three player flash out games. Just <laughs> mm -hmm. Good sounds... times. It was, yeah, good, good times. <laughs> I was so bad at it though. Like I remember very clearly, like how much I prioritized getting out a turn to Timna to block um, Najila. Like that Ooh. was my everything. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Man, good old oh, that's that brings up memories. The good old days of two three Timna blockers. <laughs> <laughs> Remember okay adversary? We just put that into play turn two. What's a Timna gonna do versus that? I have I have an older version of my Kess list that is yeah. still untapped out, and it's got like things like Dark Confidant, um oh. Labman Jace and Labman. Yep. Uh, yeah, Lindul's Fault, just like, yeah, you know, all of the old staples. It's just wow. real fun to look back at that, Okame Adversary included. That just, it really reminds me of a certain place in time when Okame <laughs> Adversary was <laughs> just a, a fine choice. It was, it was more than a fine choice. That card was good for a bit. For like... It had Death Touch and only cost two yeah. mana. And it was a warrior, I think. It was a warrior, yeah. It, it, I remember Pongo talking about it because it was a warrior because she's Prox Najila. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, you know, things like that, and uh, my mind blade slicer or render or whatever render. the yeah. the black, uh, yeah, the black draw warrior, whatever. Uh, yeah, those things were like, you know, absolutely clutch. And honestly, like, they're still fine cards. Yeah. Um, it's hard to justify them in the hyper fast uh, meta that exists now. Certainly, I think Okame Adversary is probably seen his last days. Yeah, unfortunately. Mind slicer though, I still like, still a fun card. I, I play I a casual Nagila list, and mind slicer is a great card. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have Mind Blade Slicer because Mind, Mind Slicer is a different card. Yeah, yeah. I have hilariously remember playing that card because one of my friends he had an Agila deck, and Mind Blade Render procs when your opponent. I think it, I'm pretty sure it procs like when your opponent's hit. It's like an opponent hits another opponent with a warrior. Do you draw a card? So just like the anti Agila tech. I think so. Yeah, it's like whenever yeah. one 
whenever your opponents are dealt damage, if one or more of it is dealt by a warrior, a warrior. or some, some shit like that. Yeah, I think I remember like playing that card you know, right next to like no other warriors. You're like, haha, you hit anyone else? I'm drawing a card. No, that's kind of fun. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta, gotta get that tech because, yeah, Nichila is so good at that tech. It's like. I've had many different love affairs with Nichila, and I'm just getting back to my, uh, I guess, like my third love affair with Nichila, and just as be- good as ever. Feels so comfortable with it all the time. Reminds me of like playing Flash Hulk and stuff, where it's just like you look at a seven, and most of the time it's pretty good. It's just full of good mm-hmm. cards, and they all pretty much do the same thing: just support the game plan. Nichila's just Delver of CDH. That's all it is. Yes, totally. Yes, I, <laughs> I'm watching. Uh, my buddy Boston Roll earlier today playing some Legacy, and he called uh, called Delver the missionary position of Legacy, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that's totally." I honestly fully yep. agree with that. That is yep. just the safest, <laughs> the safest good thing you can do. <laughs> uh, that yeah, that tracks. And Najila definitely is pro- like Najila and Blue Form are like the safest options to a CD tournament, like. Can't go wrong with those two ever. Yeah, they fully feel the same way of just like all the hands are like pretty steady and even. They just are filled to the brim with good cards. There's not a whole lot of chaff. Like basically, if you're not holding brain freeze, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, brain freeze. Yeah, brain freeze and like LED are like the only bad cards in that deck to see in an open hand. And... To go back to the OK adversary conversation, I remember when Brain Freeze started getting introduced to the meta. I forget who it was first. I th- uh, I think maybe uh, Scott was telling me that Famji was a big proponent of it at first. Yeah. Um, I was like, this card fucking sucks shit. I don't want to play this. <laughs> yeah. And in a certain way, I still feel the same about it now. That card does suck it, shit, but I now does. I understand why I'm playing it. Yeah. It. it, it I. I play Team of Malcolm as my main deck, and for a while I was on Underworld Breach lines. God, that deck is not a good Breach deck. It's not. Yeah, it's like, it feels like an easy thing to slot into just about anything, but some things really aren't supporting it as well, and like, it's definitely a deck like that that is like, playing the creature plan a lot more so. Right, especially because it's hard to tutor for Breach and LED in that deck. Mm. Like, it's like, exactly muddle the mixture that can tutor for breach and just like so you're just like sitting there with like a brain freeze and you're like what is this card doing in my deck why is it here you can you can set up a real funky teamer uh intuition pile with like an eternal witness if you're if you're trying to go that hard yeah it yep. sounds like a different deck but <laughs> you can That is a, let's see, three, six, eight. Just, that's a 10 mana brain freeze line. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's great. Not here for it. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) I I do, I will say, I do remember having a sweet intuition pile when I just got to Wandering Archaic and Intuition from that deck. Um, It's basically like, I had in my hand, like, Nifarune and Curiosity and Glenhorn, and Malcolm was in my command zone, so I just needed mana, and I just, like, tutored for, like, Crypt, Jeweled Lotus, uh, Jessica's Will, and basically, like, no matter which they gave me, it just gave me exactly enough mana to, to go off, and that was fun, but... I remember getting into a really heated argument with someone about an intuition pile where I had picked Time Twister, Wheel of Fortune, and Wheel of Misfortune, <laughs> or Windfall, I guess, was probably the third. And this person thought I was trying to pull some sort of mind game on them. So they were like, <laughs> I don't understand which of these things that you want. Like, Because I, I think I wanted specifically the Time Twister because I was trying to like get something out of somebody's graveyard, like mm-hmm. something that we all knew about. Yeah. And they were like, I think we're going to give them the Windfall. I'm like, no, wait, what are you doing? I'm not like, there's nothing, there's nothing behind the scenes here. <laughs> I want us to not die. I feel like Intuition is one of those cards where, like, it kind of looks scary on its surface, but you'd be surprised how many times you could look through your deck and be like, there are three cards that I would I would love to just get one at random. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just, like... Yeah, I mean, the card's good. It's just... Like, there. I guess, like, you could also build, like, an Intuition pile of, like... Like, Glinthorn, Eternal Witness, Noxious Survival. It just sounds cute. 
Malcolm. Something that uh, Scoot plays the uh, the Malcolm Vile Smasher t- uh, Grixis Pirates list, and yeah. you can make a nice nifty intuition pile out of Buccaneer on Earth and reanimate, which is really cool. Yep. I have I have definitely heard of that file. I mean, I'm also like used to playing Kess, where you just like put an intuition pile of like Oracle Consult reanimate. Just like ah, GG. I know, good clean magic. I love that. Good, good clean magic. Kess turning Consult and intuition to one card win conditions. Kess is a really fun deck. I feel like it definitely uh, it gets I think left behind a lot in the certain uh, in the more current conversation where like Rockside really dominates. Um, yeah. But man, I just love Kess. I'll never I get over Kess. Kess is just always great to me. Kess, she's like the second Grixis Mean Girl. Right behind Hell. I know, and like that's the thing is like, how are you going to give up being a Grixis Mean Girl to like go and hang out with Brograk and Silas? Like they <laughs> suck. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Just come on. Kess is yeah. Would much rather hang out with Kess and Helva than than Rog and Silas. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and that is how I pick all of my my commander decks. It's just based on whether or not I would hang out with the commander. Yeah, I mean, I saw a tweet that was earlier like, if your commanders, if your seniors commanders aren't like people you fuck, what are you doing with your life? And <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I was gonna say though. Is like, now that I think about it, all of my decks, like all my favorite decks, they do have a pretty girl at the helm, yeah. like Angela, Timna, Kess. Like, yeah, I'm I'm for it. Yep. Have I, hey, look, my first deck in Seedish was Blood Pod, and I still, even five years later, still choose to put Tana in my command zone. For God hey, knows Hey, Tana's cute, too. Tana is cute. <laughs> she's I, cute. Yeah. She's cute, yeah. Can't say much about how good she is as a magic card, but... I have a casual Tim Natana list, and if like if your plan is like Tana Voltron, make a bunch of Sapperlings, oh, she's kind of hot. Tana Voltron is real hot. I have done that in Canada <laughs> too. <laughs> it gets real beefy real quick. There's a tons. There's tons of really cool equipment now too. Where like uh, oh, Sword of Vecna or one of the Vecna cards, yeah, is like a three minute equipment, and then you can pay life to equip it. So there's like a bunch of like really quick and easy ways to make Tana like a million, a million, and just start beating down for huge trampoline commander damage. Not yeah. at CDH, though. No. One of my friends had a Tana Arden deck, and I borrowed it once, and the first time I ever played it, I put a Colossus Hammer on Tana and just smashed someone mm-hmm. with 12 Sapperlings immediately. It's a very cool deck. I've played against it quite a few times, and it is always just like ugh, backbreakingly frustrating. <laughs> Yep. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, if only Tana were just like bigger than a two-two. Like, come on, can't you at least block? Four mana two-two is horrendous. <laughs> it's yeah, awful. <laughs> it is truly embarrassing. Like, okay. given uh, given a world of three mana six sixes in Uro or Croaks or whatever the hell. Like, or just yeah. like Crown and Timna and Thrasios and like other commanders in. <laughs> That same set. It's like, like, Tana, like, just feels like a commander from Legends. Like, you just look at her compared to every other part of her. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing with these That is, I don't know, the, the <laughs> cards from Legends are real bad. They're just, like, seven mana vanilla four threes. Yeah, like, they really like, suck. Tana's, like, basically a four mana two two vanilla. Like, well, almost, but, like, I don't know. Trample does count for something. On a two two? Uh, you can make it bigger. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. In, in CD, I'm gonna cast Mutagenic with my Tana. Taste it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna attack. I'm attack into your Dranith, and you're just gonna be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing a game last night where I thought it was extremely hot shit with my turn one opposition agent, and then I immediately tasked turn two Timna and turned that opposition sideways and blasted it straight into a flashed in uh <laughs> what the fuck is the the little cleric uh archivist of Ogma. <laughs> yes, I was playing against Phil Gallagher from Thraven University. And he was fucking tilted into the sun because he had that in his hand, and the first thing he played was um it's like a wizard, a dwarf wizard that gets you an extra land. If oh, someone else is... Yes. Yes. So Phil kept a, a really horrible five based on the fact that he cast a turn one Terramancer. Oh, okay. And then, and then had turn two the, Yeah. And then so, <laughs> the so, so anytime and I turn anyone just one... fetched, he just like 
gets to draw a card and ramp. Okay, sure. Yes, <laughs> except just... I had the oppo, and yes, his dreams were crushed, and then quickly just instant karma just instantly hit me back. Oh, oh my fucking god. It was horrible. I love that. I have... It, back when Holbridge was legal, uh, I definitely witnessed a lot of ambush vipers in, uh, mm-hmm. in that time. Yeah, I'll turn my whole for your chip. No deal. Deal. Oh my gosh. I hated that card so much. That's the, oh, one that of the I, best things that ever happened to Magic is that thing getting banned. I hate, I I stopped. I think I played Holbreacher, played in that format like three games. And in the first game, it just like they just flashed in an end step, untapped, and wheeled, and the game was over. And then the second game I played, someone else wheeled. I flashed it in response, and the game was over. And then the third game, it just sat there. Like I think like three players just had it sitting in play as a stupid stacks piece, and nobody could do anything. And then, like... <laughs> Truly the like, two modes. It's either game over, or <laughs> we're there for a million years. And I was just like, I'm not playing this format where this card is legal. This is just miserable. <laughs> that was, like, right when my content started kind of taking off, so, like, I almost didn't have a choice except to just Ooh. rip my teeth and play through whole Breacher Meta. <laughs> Yikes. It was quite a time. I've cast many. I've had many cast against me. It was, I don't know. It was a long time. Yeah. Felt like a long time, at least. Yeah. Hilariously, I love the card in Legacy. I think it's hilarious in Legacy. But in CDH, which is absolutely I, It's, like, proper in Legacy. It's, like, pretty medium-ish. It's not the best thing in the world, but it's also, like, a nice cheeky thing. Yeah. Um, and in CDH, it was just so miserable and backbreaking. Yeah. Everybody's already on blue. Blue players don't need something <laughs> that pushed. Right. Especially because, like, in Legacy, she's like, oh, this is just a blue card that just punishes all the blue decks. Okay, whatever. But in CDH... Yeah, exactly. Like, the design cards. of it is so weird. Like, yeah. why not have it be a white card or something like that? Like, if it was a white card. Like, if it was any other color, really, it'd be so much more balanced. Right. I do remember the hottest play I ever made with Hullbreacher, which, like, I don't know if this is a Hullbreacher play or more like an Ottawara play, but my opponent in Legacy had Teferi and Narset and Cast Days I'm doing. And I uh, auto-wired their Teferi, pyroblasted their Nostrit, and flashed in Hullbreacher. <laughs> it's cruel. <laughs> and, then, uh, and immediately won on the spot. Oh, that's lovely, though, honestly. Hullbreacher <laughs> <laughs> and just like a Yorion pile, like, that's that's yeah. good clean magic right that's, there. That's as good clean as is going to get. Turn one Hullbreacher and CDH made me cry. Oh, yeah. Don't punish my Timna. That makes me so sad. People punishing my Timna, like, don't ever fucking do that. People just, like, turn one, turn one crypt going. You're just like, oh, God, what is happening? I know. (laughs) (laughs) I remember thinking during that spoiler season two, it's like, oh, man, like, Opposition Agent is going to change this meta forever. And it's, like, a great card. I think Opposition Agent is, like, an appropriately powered card for the meta, and it does a great job. It's a card I don't mind playing or playing against. Um, but I remember just being like, so tilted, like, I gotta ask somebody every time I crack a fetch. And then it so quickly became, oh my God, whole breach, uh, whole oh, creature is so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a worse magic card. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't, like, I don't even know how I underestimated that card, but I did. I think it's just cause opposition, I, everyone just like in general, is just like eyes on opposition agent and not whole breacher. I think it's just cause that's all you do, right? It's like you, the only thing you do is tutor basically. Yeah. And, like, also, like, I guess, I think Opposition was spoiled first, so everyone's like, what is this? Mm. <laughs> and, like, just kind of, we're still on, what the hell is this when Holbridge got spoiled, just kind of, like, just kind of skated up. Also, like, I guess Notion Thief was, like, a thing we've been used to for a while. So everyone's like... Yeah, no, I mean, it's a real clear difference, though, between how much of a difference it makes between one mana and one extra color because it's yep. like just the amount of decks that can play it and the difficulty that goes into playing a Notion Thief versus a whole Breacher is so huge. Exactly. Like you can turn one just Crypt Island go and you're just representing whole Breacher. you just like... It's, yeah. Holding up four mana is so much more telegraphed for a Notion Thief than it is for a whole Breacher or than holding up three mana for a whole Breacher. Yeah, and I mean, then if you want to try to, like, protect it on top of that, if you're either, like, holding up another land or if you got the Force of Will after that, I guess, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's just a world of difference between uh, the, the like, how pushed the ends of those cards are. Yeah, and even, like, 
the, the time where you just like do it and wheel, it's like arguably better that seven cards and 21 treasures is just better than 28 cards. I can remember a singular time where I notion thiefed and wheeled and it like, it didn't win me the game and it was so miserable. <laughs> it was on CDH Brazil's show. Aww. I notion thief wheeled. I had my, what is it? 28 cards. And I looked through them and Deco. And I think it must've been kill stars are just ripping into me. Like, why the fuck is this taking you so long? Like just play your goddamn Oracle <laughs> out and win the goddamn game. And I was like, I hate to tell y'all all the I fast can't... man is in the other half of the deck. <laughs> I had to pass the turn around oh, and then hold God. up the time twister that I pulled in there so that I could time <laughs> twister again and rip another 28 cards and try to get the, then the second 28 was the, the good 28 as yeah. it turns out. That's so many yep, that was the of... worst notion thief was ever for me, but it was still good enough. As someone who has played a lot of Opus Thief back in the day, I feel mm. that. Definitely feel those. There's some version of hands. I've done that. Not good. Opus Thief was such a cool deck, and it was like it just started kind of getting bad around the time that I got really interested in playing it. Yeah, I never quite got to try it, but it always looked so cool to me. Like Alms Collector is such a great card. You can't play that one anymore, really. But I don't know. I guess you could. I feel like is it underplayed? Maybe I wonder. Mm. I don't know. I. I definitely loved it. My favorite play in that deck was um, if you have a Lab Man or a Lab Jason play and Notion Thief, you can uh, like wheel up to like 28 or whatever and then like play a couple rocks and then windfall and win. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite play in that deck, for sure. It's just That's a really good one. I'm going to try to draw 82 cards. Oh, wait. I don't have 82 cards in my deck. I win. Oops. Oops. (laughs) um yeah good good times old old cdh decks are fun yeah it's uh it's definitely a a very different landscape now Uh, like underworld breach and dockside extortionist and that's oracle those three cards are really like an unholy trinity of like a different meta now i don't dislike it i have a lot of fun playing in this meta there's a lot of like especially now that people a lot of people have moved past the like really popular Staxi meta of the past summer and things like that. And now it's kind of more settled into people are like trying to play some, like some of the best decks, I think a little bit more often, or at least the people that I, I tend to play with. Um, as a person who loves to fight CDH on the stack, it, it's a good time to pl- be a CDH player in my mind, but man, there's some like, just think about like alms collector and things like that. They're like so fair. I just, <laughs> I kind of miss the space to uh, play competitive EDH uh, with cards that are just so fair. Okay, yeah. adversary versus alms collector. Let's go. Yeah. I know, like, I've seen videos <laughs> of, like, people playing, like, old school, old school CDH that's, like, Boon Weaver, Carador, and stuff. There used to be, like, that, like, mm-hmm. middle school. People also need to play, like, middle school CDH decks. Like, Thrasios Timna with, like, Okay, adversary, Icecrown Scepter, and, like, Opus Thief, and, like, Consult Kes, or just, like, Good, good old days. Like Truly, those are like, especially like Boonweaver Giant is a real like oh, thing all. of a bygone era. I have it like, I have it the primer to it that uh, uh, Cobble wrote, like mm-hmm. tacked to my screen because I like just love going back and looking <laughs> at it and being like, oh, how, how humble, how humble our it's, origins are. It's so, yeah. I, I still love looking at uh, Bryant's Pile of Broken. That, I love that post so much. Mm hmm. It's so funny to look at that deck list and see, like, untapped out. I think it still exists. And you can see all of the red marks where it's like, Tolarian Academy. Yeah. Uh, I don't, Bargain, I don't think was legal at the time. Some some other, like, really wild shit like that, though, where it's just like, oh, my God, what was legal in this format in 2008? Holy cow. Yeah. Well, I always remember, I think. Tolarian Academy, the, apparently. Apparently, yeah. I always remember one of the comments in that forum post. It's just, this looks like the legacy fan list. Yes, basically. I mean, it was just like, it's really funny to look at where it's just like, it is a fucking pile is the correct word. It is a pile of cards. It's like, yeah, I guess those, those all work for sure. Yep. Yeah. My desire and Yog Bargain, maybe. Uh, it's just like memory jar. Is in that deck, I remember I when I first started playing Kess and like the two big lists were Famgees and somebody else's and the, the like the more mid-range non-Famgee list, like the primer was like, 
if you cast six spells and then cast Minus Desire, you'll probably win the game. <laughs> it's like, wow, I love that mentality. Oh. Like, looking back on that now, I can't believe That's that so wasn't the awesome. one that I picked instead of going for Famji's list. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I wish that I, like, you, you really can't play Minus Desire probably anymore. Uh, I don't think I really want to, but I part of me wants to. I fucking love Minus Desire. It's I, a great card. I, I just love the mentality Desire. of the. If you cast six spells, you cast Minus Desire, you will win. You, you, you probably, probably will. Probably right. Just like. Mind Desire, Ad- Admos, ban cards until Mind Desire becomes CDH playable. I'm into that. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll find that petition. I'll Rebel, get on that change.org. Rebel, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Mind Desire is just like shitty Adnos that you have to like work for in gameplay and in deck building instead of just in deck building. <laughs> That was always my thought. It's like, how the fuck are you getting this six mana card and you're casting six spells before it? Like, is this post ad nauseum? <laughs> Do I resolve ad nauseum, then cast six spells, and then cast Mind's Desire? Because, like, you're but right. You've I will probably win. You probably win. You also Unless all the win cons are in my hand already. Like, yeah, I was saying, you've also just resolved ad nauseum, so you're probably winning anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you took a big sixer because you got Mind's Desire in your hand now, though. So, Ooh, that's you know, maybe point. it wasn't good yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah, but then, like, your hand is just bad, so you're not going to win anyway. It's a real double-edged sword, you know. That's you got to risk it for the biscuit, as they say. Yes, yeah, yeah. The iconic phrase: "Risk it for the biscuit." I don't know. I think, like, my desire memory jar, um, just old, like five and six mana, big, like haymakers that just used to be good in CDH. Just like feels sad that Abnals are just like so wildly outclasses all of them. Even to the point where, like, everyone is off appearing to the Abyss now. Like, right. it's funny yeah. that, like, yeah. Yeah. You can't even play Peer. <laughs> why would you Peer when you could just Grim Tutor for Ad Nauseam and just get, like, basically Peer? I do miss resolving Peer into the Abyss. It is a fun spell to resolve, like, counting all of the things that are not inside of my deck and then drawing 42 cards on turn two I and being say, like, hmm, I think I do win, actually. It's like, yeah, of course you fucking win. There's two ways to, to resolve Peer. There's the correct grave, just reverse card count your permanence hand and graveyard. And then there's the, why are you doing this, which is to literally count the cards in your deck. You pick up the deck and pick up the seen, deck. I like that. I have seen people do that. They're just literally just like grab their deck and they're like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just count the number of cards. Like I assure you, the number of cards in your hand, battlefield and graveyard, is less guess. than the cards in your deck. I'm gonna guess on turn two. It's probably less. Still, probably I I have is. definitely done it too. But I think I learned like very quickly. I'm like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? Why are you doing this? Just yeah, yeah, man. Share to this fun card. I know. People are, like, I guess the big knock against it is, like, it's deflecting swaddable. Never happened to me. I'm glad that I got through I my it. whole casting career into the Abyss career. Yeah? Oh, I, I, I wish I'd never gotten to do it. I've never gotten to, like, be on that end of it either. I, I'm sure it feels great. Oh, it feels amazing. It's... I got to deflecting swat a time warp recently because that is a target Ooh. player spell. It got countered, though. I was so Aww. fucking upset. Not my deflecting swat, but somebody countered the the time warp. The time warp, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if they counter the swat, like, what are you, why would you counter the swat? No, it's yeah. just like to signify it, it wasn't the yeah. time warp player who like got me back. It was someone else. Right. It was like, no, yeah. actually, I think I would like no one to no have one, an extra no turn. One, no one give me extra turn. Excusable. It was one of those moments where I was like, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute. What does time warp say? What are the rules text on that I think, card? I think, I think time warp, of the three five ones, I think time warp is the only one that turns one. I think capture and to formalization folks just say you take uh, You might be right about that. I can't remember like uh, what the updated Oracle text says. I used to have the the uh, judge promo capture, yeah. but um, I don't remember what it said. Yeah. Yeah. Swatting up here is probably the hottest thing I've swatted in my life. But Narcissus reversing Adnaz, also real good feeling. That's a really fun one. I haven't played uh, with Narcissus Reversal in a competitive uh, EDH setting before. I've only done it in casual, but that is a fun-ass spell. It's... Oh, man. It does. That card makes you feel things. <laughs> it's great. I wish it were better, but it's like... It's kind of one of those things where it's like... Double blue is a lot to ask. Yep. It's... Yeah. Double blue is a lot to ask for a card that's not mana drain. Yes, exactly. It's like not exactly a counter. Like that is the golden, uh, the golden zone of like put a 
ad nos back into someone's hand that they can't cast. But then there are other times where like much more frequently I would run into a situation where it's like, I want to Narset's reversal, this force of will back into a player's hand that has like four <laughs> cards. Like I don't, yep. I don't trust it. Yeah. We're just packed it again. She's like, okay, well, I'll just recast it. This doesn't help me here. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is people only play one or two mana spells, so it's like, what are the odds that they can cast it again? Probably pretty good. Probably pretty good, yeah. Though, like, yeah, when Narcissus Reverse is, like, good, it's just back, but you're just like, I'm going to steal your Elder Devil Nation. Like, you sat your creature and put your That kind of shit? Hand, oh, man. And we're going to tutor for, yeah. That's, that's great. That's good. But then, like, it's average case. It's just like, ugh, not great <laughs> i've been seeing um people copying <laughs> the second time i've seen it in my life just recently this game with savala player who had a wandering archaic mm-hmm. ad nauseum player cast ad nauseum and they're like <laughs> yeah sure go ahead you can add nauseum wandering archaic savala player sure reveal all your 11 drops you got it and they did they drew like 10 cards and there was like a combined total of like 28 cmc in them and they were like well i hope i don't die on this turn cycle i got some good cards in hand Oh, shout out to frog players playing an 11 drop and a 10 drop in their Nas deck. We love it. We love that. That's bravery that I will never know. Oh, I've seen someone, they literally like flipped, they they flipped immediately Ulamog Kozilek and then still won that turn. It was incredible. That's good. That's, yeah, because that's got to fucking hurt. Yeah, <laughs> just like immediately takes 21 damage and then like they flipped like, like Crypt, Reign of Filth, uh, like squander resources, Dakwa or something, and they were just like, "Okay, sweet, <laughs> I win." Oh, okay, just easy claps. Never mind. No, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> just, just like yeah, just goes from like sweating on hard mode to just oh, this game's over immediately. Great. Frog players in general, like man, that deck is. I remember seeing that deck. I, I think I've had it on the channel like a grand total of one time. I, I don't think I've ever had a frog win on channel because I. Uh, oh no, I did have a frog win on channel because I remember okay. having to just like screenshot all of the judge text on the <laughs> Wizards website and paste it on the screen and be like, basically, this is how it works. I don't like, I can't competently show it to you, and yeah, <laughs> we're not going to show all of this footage. So yeah, this is basically what's going to happen. Yep, frog is. Frog be doing frog things. I still remember 63 easy steps to get your That's still a... That is still oh my god, I've never read mind. that primer. I've heard... <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's just too ridiculous. Like, the community surrounding the Get Rock Monster oh, is yeah. very ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. That's, that... Probably is like my top tier, just most absurd, like deck discords for sure. Is frog discord is a wild place that I want no part of. I've never visited. I've also never visited. I've just heard stories. The wildest discord I was ever in was the Clark and Sakashima discord. <laughs> I remember getting push notifications for it at the time, and I got this push notification from Ken saying to everybody, um, it's, it was, like, something along the lines of, like, I don't care what you, you all say Ristic Study is saying in the deck. And I was like, wow, they're getting they're into it today. really wanting to cut Ristic <laughs> Study? What the hell? <laughs> there was a time when NOS players were, like, discussing that pretty heavily. of like, is 3CMC too much? Like, we should just be winning on turn two. When yeah, do we even God. stick a Ristic Study? Oh, my God. It's like, actually, no, it turns out Ristic Study is kind of still good. Ristic Study is, is, like, the best backup plan you could ever imagine. Yep, still great. That's why, that's why Ron Silas is so big. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to Nas on turn one. And, oh, you countered? Okay, cool. I'm just going to turn over Ristic on turn two. Like, cool. <laughs> Yay, Ron Love, love Ron It's a cool deck. The speed of it is very cool. I, like, tried to play it for a little while. I didn't quite get the hang of it. Wasn't my, wasn't really up my alley, I guess. Yeah. Um, But it is a very powerful Grixis deck. Oh, yeah. I want to get good at it because it seems like my style of like I just play Tier Rock and I just try to just like mull for turn one win or for turn two wins or whatever. Like just I'm just trying to YOLO with that deck. I do not care about a backup plan. Um I mean that's the way to go at it pretty much is because like you do pretty much just get the one shot. Like 
you know, you can only sacrifice yep. uh, Rograk to uh, calling the weak one time to make it mana positive before you have to start, like, casting Rograk out of the command zone and shit like that. So it's like, you're you're totally, yeah. you're in it to win it as quick as possible. Yep. And if not, well, you better find, like, a Rhystic study or a wheel or something else to get you back into it. Yeah, no, that's why I like Castillas because, like, I I play with too many blue players who absolutely respect <laughs> me too much to let me win often as often as I would like on Rogsai. Yeah, I remember at Okotoberfest, uh, I was watching one of the semifinals games was Alana, Kian, uh, Ian, and Morgan, and uh, Alana like had like I don't quite remember everything, uh, but like. And then, like, Alana, like, made a bunch of treasures with Dockside, and then, like, imp-sealed for presumably Nas, and then passed. And then, like, had to, like, she had to, like, pack to negation something. Um, I think, like, an oof or something. I don't quite remember. Like, she had to, like, pack something. And so she still had, like, five treasures going into her next turn. And then Splingface is like, mm-hmm. all right, on the instant before I'm going to force a vigor one of them and, uh, like, a Sylvan library. <laughs> And she was like, all right, fine. On my turn, cast this Dark Grit to try and stay alive till I packed. And Keen just hard cast oh, Fierce, nice. Fierce Guardianship on it ah! to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she would have to That sack- is brutal. I remember when I first started... <laughs> She would have had to sack everything. When I first started playing with Alan for mental misplay, that was like that was like his whole mystique. Like everyone I played with when you were playing with Alan was like, don't cast a pact of negation around Alan because Alan will like <laughs> use any demonic tutor he has in his hand to go get a strip mine and strip you off of that fifth land. Like there's no fucking way you're getting through it. I was I was that player. I have lost count of the number of times I've meltdown, blood mood, or collector roofed a pack play out of the game. <laughs> I honestly think I've only done it like a handful of times. Oh, That's awesome, though. It's the greatest feeling ever. I don't care. If it's wrong to do that, I don't ever want to be right. I just want to do it every time. Depends on the situation, probably. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just... Like, what's a better feeling when they're just... In the situation the where someone just empty-seals, like... Yeah, sometimes yeah. you got it. Like, I think what Morgan did makes sense. Or, oh, I'm Morgan sorry, whoever it was sense. that did the Morgan, force of the figure. Morgan definitely blowing it up the one rock makes sense. Kian, like, countering Darkrit to, like, actually kill her instead of, like, knock out all of her treasures. <sighs> That's a power play, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was definitely fun to watch. And then, yeah. Kill kill pack players is probably top, right below, like, swatting Peter and then uh, next universally <laughs> Nas, killing pack players. Top three favorite things to do in CDH. This, this is like, yeah, the CDH bingo list. That's my CDH bingo, yeah. Just do all that. It's great. Would highly recommend. <laughs> just, I play CDH to just do stupid shit. I don't care if, like, I win or lose. Something dumb's gonna happen. CDH is fun like that. There's, like, it, you know, it's fun to win games, and but it's just like it's really fun to go through the process of like really putting players to the test and really like having a full like four player experience where like a lot of casual EDH seems to me like it's a lot less interactive in that sort of way like the way that people interact happens more so like on the board and happens over like long periods of time where like everything that happens in CDH is so quick and so snappy it just like it really demands a lot of your attention it's just so much fun to play yeah for sure and you also just like get into like stupid stack wars that you won't get into in casual <laughs> yes exactly like the the triple ristic study two esper sentinel oh. kind of game is just like that's what i live for yep i remember one game i like had a nip i had like a nip in play and like god i think there's just like something that got started by a cyclonic rift that just as i think the stack went like 70 objects high at, at some point of just Ristic study of Mystic Aurora triggers nip for injury. It was just like, good God. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> I love any time you just have to look around and be like, where the fuck are we on the stack right now? I'm so confused. <laughs> At the, yeah, the, by the time we like got through the counter war, they were like, and then there's the cyclonic rift at the bottom. And we're like, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fierce it. <laughs> 
<laughs> the moment you realize that a stack wars happened like on top of an instant it's like oh yeah oh, that's yeah. right there was someone was trying to source to plowshares me i forgot <laughs> Good, good times. Looter, I'm sorry, but I uh, I gotta go. <gasps> oh no! Okay then. Uh, in that case, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, if people want to find me, you can find me on Twitch and on YouTube at Moderately Anonymous MTG. You can find me on Twitter and all of the other social media platforms. But if you want to see my content, hit those up. Um, and yeah, I stream every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. I put out new YouTube videos, usually uh, bi-monthly on Mondays at 1 or 2 p.m. And then sprinkled uh, intermittently throughout the month. So yeah, thanks so much. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having for being on here. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a great time. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome.